Hey, welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars and this round of Star Wars on Tap where we get to sit down with Star Wars fans from across the galaxy and we get to share in their Star Wars experience. And today we've got the extreme pleasure of sitting down with Brian Miller, who, my goodness, Brian, I, I would just maybe describe your art as something that kind of resonates with uh, cultural propaganda. I know that that's on your website as well, but as a historian by day, I, I think that your work resonates with me in particular because it's it's got that definite historic quality to it. So with that, welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars. Thanks. It's great to be here. And I'm definitely inspired by all the vintage stuff. I mean, it could be propaganda or vintage travel posters or even as far back as some of the Art Nouveau stuff. But just anything that's vintage really influences my artwork. And I think you can definitely see it makes its way into my Star Wars art as well. Mm, absolutely. And I definitely want to talk about that. Before we get there, though, let's just talk a little bit about Star Wars and your fandom. And so if you can take us back to that moment, what was it like when Star Wars first kind of reached into your heart, grabbed it and refused to let go? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think back to those early childhood days and I, I think I was too young to, to see it when it first came out. But mm. I, my, my big memory was the toys. And I remember, I don't know if it was a birthday or a Christmas, but I got this like crazy yellow lightsaber toy, which to us now doesn't make any sense. Why would there be a yellow <laughs> lightsaber? But I, you know, I'm running around the house and it, it illuminated. I think it was essentially just like a flashlight with a yellow tube on right. it. Right. I remember that. I remember so that. That was as real as we needed, you know. It was yeah. like, this is a lightsaber. And I would go in the dark closet and turn it on so I could see it and smack my sister with it and stuff like that. And so I was really excited when I saw that at Galaxy's Edge, the yellow lightsaber was going to be one of the sabers you could build. And I was like, okay, well, somehow we're going to get this crazy yellow lightsaber into continuity. <laughs> Definitely. I believe, as uh, Vader would say, that the circle is now complete. Exactly. <laughs> And so those early memories of the lightsaber and, of course, whacking your sibling, good times. I think a lot of us can relate to that. And then what about when you started to actually kind of remember the films and how that played into, I guess, maybe just we didn't call it cosplay back then, but having those imaginative play moments? Definitely. Well, it definitely started with the toys and talking to kids at school about the toys. And then at some point, I finally got to see A New Hope and... It just resonated with me. I mean, the Luke Skywalker character just grabbed me as a kid, and I definitely saw the world through his eyes and just followed his journey. You know, he was my way into to the Star Wars universe, and mm. it made such an impression that, that I don't know, more, more than I can say with words, but definitely like the following Halloween, I mean, I wanted to be a Star Wars character. So I, I think I remember, you know, one year maybe I had a C-3PO costume. One year it was a Stormtrooper. You know, one year it was something else. But it was all Star Wars all the time, as much as I could get back then. Oh, that's so great. And so at some point you decided that, hey, maybe this art thing that I'm guessing you were kind of involved with at a very early age, were you the proverbial kid that doodled more in class than paid attention to the instructional time? I really was. I was... <laughs> You know, from the the moment in like, I don't know, kindergarten or something doing the coloring pages, I was like, this is it for me. <laughs> and I definitely remember in grade school getting in trouble. I don't know if I was supposed to be doing like a English assignment or reading a book or something, but instead I made like my own pop-up book. Oh my gosh. I, 
drew it all and cut it all out and made it all work. And the teacher was really mad and then impressed. And so I sort of got to skate by on my creativity a few times. <laughs> and it was always art for me. And like right out of high school, I got into comic books and, and working in the art field like that. So it's, there's sort of never been a time that I wasn't uh, creating artwork. Oh, that's so amazing. And so what was it like when you kind of had that epiphany and the light bulb went on and said, I think maybe I can actually make a career out of this? Uh, I mean, I, gosh, that's a weird one. I, I, I think I like had an entire lifetime of people telling me I couldn't do it. Mm. But somewhere down deep, I always sort of knew that that was the only path for me. Mm. So I just always pursued art. I always took as many art classes as I could. And, you know, I, from a small town, so there wasn't a lot. So even just like art adjacent things. So like architecture classes and drafting and newspaper and yearbook and even like designing the sets for the high school theater department mm. and stuff, just anything I could do that was creative. And then into college, it's just all I want to do was draw and paint and design. And so I, instead of someone who sort of chose art as a career, I feel like it chose me mm. at a young age and there was just never any, like I never strayed from that path. I love that. And I think that makes a lot of people really envious because I think a lot of people would trade places for you and with you for, for who knows what, but I think so many of us get sidetracked by whatever we get sidetracked with. We often don't follow through on the things. So I, I think it's very inspiring to hear that you had that opportunity. I, we had a chance to kind of cross paths at celebration in Chicago this last spring. And you know, what is it like to go from those moments of doing the high school drama uh, set pieces and drawing your own pop-up book in class to actually here you are, you're amongst a, a sea of star Wars fans and they're coming up to your booth and they're walking away with your artwork. What is that like? Well, I think what's really cool about the artists that Lucasfilm chooses for celebration and is that we're all fans too. Mm. So, you know, I go, I go to a lot of comic book conventions and I meet a lot of artists and I can, most of my friends are artists and just like any sort of career, there's people who are in it for the love of the craft. There's people mm -hmm. who are in it because it's a paycheck. There's people who are in it for all these variety of reasons. But when it comes to Star Wars Celebration, there's really a purity there. Mm. And that the artists that are selected tend to be through and through true fans. And they're there to celebrate with the fans. And so one of the things I love about Celebration is that aspect of it. And that, yes, I'm there representing... Lucasfilm to a certain degree, and I'm there to sell the artwork that I have, but really I'm mostly there to connect with other fans and to share stories and to reconnect with old friends and make new friends. And mm. I, I, I may not get to leave the booth and see everything, but I get to sort of live vicariously through others. So <laughs> that's sort of the magic there. I think you can speak to this too. I mean, everyone that's there is sort of on this sort of same wavelength or same energy high about yeah. Star Wars. And so we're all just so focused and having a good time around that, that all the sort of ancillary business and things that happen around it really feel secondary or feel, um, uh, I, I don't know, just not as important as that, as just ex the excitement of star Wars itself. I mean, when the trailer, the new trailer was rebroadcast inside the, the show floor on the big screens, we all stopped what we were doing mm. to watch that. I mean, it's not like someone's like, you know, oh, hey, we have to finish this, this transaction. There's no <laughs> thought. There's no thought of that at all. All of us, the fans, the vendors, the artists, you know, I'm sure even the, the guys over in the tattoo pavilion, they're 
put their tattoo guns down and stop and watch the trailer because we're all there for Star Wars first mm. and everything else is second. Mm, such a great description. And I totally agree with you. And I, I don't know how well aware of like all the drama that has been in fandom since The Last Jedi came out, but it did seem like in so many ways, Chicago seemed like a, a great, I, I want to not go too far, but a great healing for a lot of us. I think we came back together and we realized that, you know, we can disagree on some stuff, but ultimately we love this thing called star Wars. I think so. I mean, first of all, kudos to JJ, Mm -hmm. uh, JJ Abrams did a great job of getting everybody excited and getting everyone sort of back on the same page. Mm -hmm. And the new trailer as short as it was, was really exciting to see over and over again. Um, I mean, I think a lot of us got a little misty when we watched that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm super psyched. And then even things like the Mandalorian, mm. it just feels so tone perfect, you know, yeah. it, like you want to go there, you want to see it. And even the announcements from like, uh, star Wars galaxy's edge at Disney. I mean, just so many things were like, you know, the, the phrase about the engines firing on all cylinders, it sort of felt that way at celebration where everything was on point. Everything was as it needed to be to bring everybody back together. And it's really nice because one of the things I've always loved about star Wars is there traditionally wasn't that divisiveness that you might find in other fandoms. And right. it'd be nice to, to get back to that place. And I also was really excited by the anniversary of phantom menace, mm. you know, for a long time, the prequels divided a lot of fans and they say time heals all wounds. And it feels like people are coming around now and, you know, rather they just have maybe their favorite character or their favorite moments from the prequels. Um, time has given everyone a little bit of an ability to take a step back and say, oh, you know, there's some really cool things there that I like. And I can celebrate the parts that I like and ignore the parts that I don't. Mm. Again, well said. And with that, let's just kind of segue into your art and some of the inspiration behind it. Again, as as your website talks about, it is kind of reminiscent of historical propaganda posters. You mentioned postcards before. And so for you, as you sit down, I, I know that authors that we've spoken with, a blank piece of paper, and I guess in your case, a blank canvas or a blank piece of paper can either be something exceptionally intimidating or something that you embrace. And so when you have an idea and blank canvas or blank papers in front of you, kind of what goes through your mind as you're envisioning what the final product will actually be? Well, first, I have to say how incredibly lucky I am in that Lucasfilm and the different licensees that I get to work with through Lucasfilm have been really receptive to my style and my mm. ideas. Mm. And so, you know, Lucasfilm owns this sandbox that I just get to play in once mm. in a while. And they're not my characters. And as many times as I draw them, you know, you start to feel a little bit of a kinship, but you have to take a step back and, and remember that. And I've worked on other properties where there's sort of like a style guide and a, a style Bible and you just can't deviate, mm. you know, not even one millimeter outside of, of that really narrow window. And one of the amazing things about star Wars is that they give me some leeway to explore some ideas. And so that freedom, I think has helped me in that I don't have that artist block situation too often with star Wars. Mm. And maybe it's partly just because I am such a big fan but I think it's also the freedom to explore ideas. And so when I sit down with my sketchbook, um, I may have a little bit of an idea of what like, you know, Lucasfilm or one of the license holders is looking for. They may have said to me, 
hey, we really like some propaganda art you did in the past. We have a new movie coming out. Can you give us something in that vein? It may be as loose as that, or it may just be what's your what's your new idea? So it's really nice to just sit down with a sketchbook and just, you know, doodle. And of course, I'm, I'm looking back at, you know, inspiration from the past. I have lots of art books and things like that. And, uh, you know, start to sketch out an idea. So like a, a good example would be I did a Boba Fett poster last year called Jabba's Prize. Mm-hmm. And it, the artwork takes place between Empire and Jedi. So it's nothing that we saw on screen, but we could imagine that it's something that did happen, which is that at some point Boba Fett shows up on Tatooine with Han Solo, Frozen, and Carbonite and has to deliver him to Jabba's palace, right? That's a, there's not going to be much argument that that happened or didn't right, happen. Right. Right? So that's an easy idea to present to Lucasfilm because it's, it's not controversial in any way, but it's also something that we haven't seen before. We haven't mm. seen it depicted. So it's little ideas like that, that I, I try to come up with um, and then use my sort of vintage approach as far as the style of the artwork goes to convey it. So it's, if I didn't have the freedom to explore those things that we haven't seen on screen, it probably wouldn't be as fun and, and that the art wouldn't be as cool because it would just be regurgitated things that we've seen a bunch of times. So to me, that's where the magic happens. And then secondary to that is the style itself. You know, I, uh, I'm really good friends with some of the other Star Wars artists like Joe Caroni, for example. I just can't draw and paint the way Joe draws and paints or mm. Jerry Vanderstelt or some of those other guys. So why would I try? Why would I try to outdo them? Right? Yeah. So when I got to the Star Wars universe, I, I thought to myself, I was like, I have to sort of come up with my own take on this because A, I don't want to do what other people are doing and B, I don't think I can do it as well as they do. So mm. I had to carve out my own niche and luckily that really worked out because I think the the very first propaganda piece I did would have been uh, 2014 maybe. And I remember Lucasfilm and everyone kind of taking a look at it. And they're like, we don't know if this is Star Wars or not. We're not sure. And luckily it was on a one of those like timed release sales through Acme Archives. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it sold out in, I don't know, was it seven days or 10 days or something like that. And so after that, they were like, oh, people, people like this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And and what was it about your style that was that something a style that you had I guess um had an affinity for before you kind of took it into like the Star Wars world as far as the the propaganda and the postcards from historic um the past? Yeah, I had done not necessarily the propaganda, but I had done a lot of like travel vintage travel mm-hmm. postery kind of artwork for like Doctor Who and X-Files and a few other properties that were all very vintage yet sort of staked that out as, as I don't know, it's what I like. And so it's what I like to do. So it's sort of, it just over the years kind of evolved into my style. Mm. And when star Wars came along, it was really the first time I had kind of gone in that propaganda direction. And I just thought it was a perfect fit. I mean, so much of the empire versus the rebels is just perfectly maps over world war two, you know? So, I thought they were a good fit and uh, luckily the fans have thought so. And, you know, now I've got art that's selling out and I've got this nice fan following and everyone's uh, so generous and kind. So it it worked out, but it was definitely, it seems like a no brainer now, but back when I was, when I started, it was, it was kind of risky. Mm. 
and with Celebration Anaheim, we don't have dates yet, but it's right around the corner. And so from your perspective as an artist, are you already kind of trying to conceptualize things of what you're going to hopefully present to us at Anaheim? Or how does that process work? Well, I know a lot of the artists already have their sort of concepts in their hip pockets. Um, I'm still trying to catch up with the art that they want done for San Diego Con, so I haven't really given myself time to think about celebration yet. But <laughs> um, the truth is, I mean, it's just an honor and a privilege. And there's, you know, uh, a small army of artists that are approved by Lucasfilm to work on the property. And out of that group, they have to narrow it down to 30 people for celebration. Mm. So there's never any guarantee that I'll be selected or that some other artists will be selected. So I definitely don't take it for granted. And when the invitations go out, I'm sure by then I'll, I'll have uh, at least the inkling of an idea or two. And, you know, hopefully whatever that is, will be selected for the next celebration. And, and it'd be a privilege to come back again for, I think the fifth time. Wow. Um, but again, I don't take it for granted. I know that they have to narrow it down to such a small field that there's just anything's possible. And, it could be something from the idea, the concept just doesn't resonate to maybe someone else had something very similar. So I don't, mm. I try not to take it personally, uh, but no matter what happens, I'll be there. I think, you know, Joe Crony and I, we've sort of been a art uh, duo for a lot of years mm. and uh, we tend to share space at a lot of the shows. And so, you know, if we're there representing the official art show, it'd be amazing. And if, if not, we'll, we've got our, our body of work that we'll be able to bring and, and have for the fans. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm so psyched. I think, I mean, having it back at Anaheim is a blast. Galaxy's Edge is going to be open by then. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, the energy is going to be through the roof. And we're going to have already seen another Star Wars film by then. The Mandalorian is going to be, I mean, there's just going to be so much going on. So, uh, you know, no matter what happens, it's going to be a blast. And if I can be there with some new art, then that'll make it even better. <laughs> what a great way to look at it. So speaking of which, we, we do have the next, I guess the final installment of the Skywalker saga just around the corner on the calendar. And do you have any particular hopes as a lifelong Star Wars fan of things that we might see or my goodness, how they might go about wrapping this up? Gosh, you know, I, I I'm torn because I want to go in just with an open mind and let the story unfold and let, let JJ and the actors and the writers and everyone sort of just entertain me. But at the same time, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have hopes for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I'm not one of those people that hated last Jedi, but there were, there were parts of it that maybe didn't ring true to me. Sure. So, you know, it'd be nice to see some of those elements, maybe with Luke Skywalker, uh, just, given a little bit of flourish in this film to, to, I mean, I hate to use the word fan service. I don't, I don't like that word, but you know, to, to maybe round out his character arc just a little bit more, those mm. kind of things. I'm obviously really interested to see what they do with, with princess Leia and how they handle uh, her departure. Um, I'm sure with the crew that's in charge, it'll be tasteful. It'll be really well done, but I mean, it's going to be, it's going to have a sense of finality. It's mm. going to feel uh, somewhat odd, I think, to, to all of us that grew up with the original trilogy. Uh, so at one hand, I'm looking forward to it. But on another hand, um, uh, I, I don't know, I do have some sort of hopes. And I just hope that it leaves us with a legacy that suits these characters that Lucas created all these years ago. Mm. 
I, I totally agree. And I think that's that's the, the safe and maybe the best way to go into it, right? Just kind of hold it loosely and uh, let the professional storytellers be just that. You brought something up, though, in regards to that. And I'm curious, in regards to your artwork, how much of it is, hey, I, I would like to do this personally? And how much of it is, I think this will sell? <laughs> how much of um, it is that fan service? I mean, it's it, well, here's a good example. So for the movie Solo, I was directed or, you know, instructed to, you know, generate content for that movie. Mm-hmm. And I ended up loving the film. I, I, there's quite a bit about it that I really enjoyed and, and it, cinematics were beautiful. And I thought Ron Howard did a great job. And I know there was a lot of trouble behind the scenes, but what they delivered was a fun film yes. that felt, felt like a Star Wars film. Yes. But from a commercial standpoint, I know it didn't do very well. And the artwork that I worked on will never see the light of day. Hmm. And that is unfortunate because I'm really proud of the stuff I did. And I know there's a bunch of other Star Wars artists that are in the same boat as I am. So, you know, whether that's, I don't know who made that decision, if it was the license or, or whatnot, but, you know, they saw that there wasn't going to be a market for them for that product. And so they killed it. Wow. Um, so it's definitely, um, it's in their minds, I think, more than the artist's minds, because truthfully, if I wanted to be wealthy, I would just draw Darth Vader every day. <laughs> I mean, it's true, right? I mean, yeah. I would just do that, and I would come up with new ways to draw Darth Vader and showcase Darth Vader, and that stuff sells really well. Um, but I'm perverse, and I like to do different things and entertain myself. So, you know, I will do crazy stuff, and if it sells well enough, then they're happy with that. And if it doesn't, they're like, okay, well maybe go a different way with your next one. Yeah. Uh, a good example is I'm working on a trilogy of rebel enlistment posters and the, mm. the one for new hope has a big X wing on it. And the one for empire has a big snow speeder on it and some ad ats and both really iconic. When you get to return of the Jedi and the space battle is a little all over the place there. We've got a wings and B wings and Y wings and, the Millennium Falcon and some X-Wings and there's not just sort of like one iconic ship. And, you know, I've, I pitched, I pitched two versions of it. One with the A-Wing leak charging into battle and one with the Millennium Falcon charging into battle with the, uh, the rest of the ships behind him. I already know which one they're going to pick, <laughs> but you know, the artist in me says, Oh, you hardly ever see anything with the A-Wing front and center. That would be really cool. And I'm a fan. I'm like, Oh, I get to draw the A-Wing and all the detail and you never see that. But I know that the licensed horror is going to say, ah, Millennium Falcon. Right. That's everyone. Everyone wants that. And it's true. They're, they're, they're not being silly. That's what most of the fans want. So, you know, I know which way that will go and come San Diego Comic-Con, you know, you can uh, come and find me and I'm sure that that's what it will be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it doesn't mean I don't want to do the other things. And so, you know, I take the time to do the concept art and say, hey, it could like look like this if we want to go this direction. And Mm. as a fan, sometimes those ideas get the green light and, um, you know, I get to have fun. Uh, Thinking back, I did a really, really what I call a quiet piece of artwork for The Force Awakens. That's just Mons Kanata's castle sitting in a forest with the blue sky mm-hmm. and in the foreground, you just see the most subtlest little silhouette of Ray and BB eight. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even know they were there if you weren't looking. And that was a huge decision, whether they were going to produce that piece of artwork or not. And luckily, um, 
it was going to be for one of the Epcot Festival of the Arts and Disney Park says, yeah, we love this. We think it's right for us. And it sold like hotcakes for them. So mm. you, you just don't know. You can't predict what it is that, that the fans will want. And in that case, a group of fans wanted something that didn't scream Star Wars. They right. wanted something that was quiet and subtle and looked good in their home and didn't have lasers and lightsabers all. So <laughs> right, right. You know, the, 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 the point is that there is not just one Star Wars fan. There's a lot of variety of Star Wars fans. And just because a picture of Darth Vader sells really well doesn't mean that other things aren't popular with the fans. And it's easy for us to forget that because we're, we're living it every day. So we sort of can get jaded to everything that's outside of that really narrow band, you know? Absolutely. Well, and you brought up that piece. I, I think what I love most about it, I'm sure you were very purposeful with this too, is but for those of that haven't seen it, it the, the top of it actually reads, leave your troubles behind, which is, is so great since like an epic battle takes place there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Brian, speaking of your artwork, where can folks find you online to take a look and perhaps even add to their own personal collection? Sure. Well, I'm all over social media under Octopolis, and I'm sure on the show notes you'll have a good spelling of that or something. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I started that, it's just Octopus and Metropolis put together, and I never really thought this thing was going to go anywhere, and now it's so many years later, and I have to tell people to go to octopolis.com all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, how's that work? Um, but also on, on social media as well. Uh, and I'm always shouting out the artwork there. So at octopolis.com, I usually have you know, my newest artwork and then, uh, the different licensors like Acme archives and dark ink art and some of the other galleries spoke art will have my artwork now and then. But if you follow me on social, then I'm always, you know, letting people know about the newest stuff. Um, and probably the best thing that fans can do is on my website on octopolis.com. Um, I have a poster collectors club. It's free to join. I typically just send out just one little newsletter a month to everybody in the club with what's coming that's new. So if there's new Star Wars art or new NASA art or something else, it's going to be in there. And typically when we're allowed to, some discount codes and stuff like that too. So it's just a good way to make sure you don't miss something because a lot of my art does sell out. And sometimes it sells out before the next big event. So if you see me at Celebration, you say, oh, I'm going to pick up that thing from you at, at, at San Diego Comic-Con, it might not be there. So it's good to be on the Collector's Club and that way you won't miss anything. And as someone who still regrets every waking morning that I didn't get your your the one of the trench shot from Celebration in Orlando, I, let me tell you, <laughs> yes, buy them while they're available. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and hanging out with us today. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, that's going to do it for this episode of Star Wars On Tap. As always, you can swing by Unmistakably Star Wars and find our complete archive of shows. And as always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and your favorite pod player. Until next time, lock the door and hope they don't have blasters. Thanks for listening to Unmistakably Star Wars. Join us again next week for more news and insights like only we can bring you. Until then... Lock the door and hope they don't have blasters. 